Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Got a question for you. It's a trick question. Ready? Trick question. If you could have a choice between having a lot of money or having a great reputation, which one would you pick? Oh, you gave the good church answer, and I really appreciate that. That is, that, that is good. Look at this verse here. You're, that is, actually is the correct answer. It says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Leave that up there just for a second. A good name, a good reputation to be chosen rather than great riches, having, an, having a, a reputation of honor and integrity, and being someone upstanding, outstanding character is actually said to be chosen rather. And that loving favor, uh, one translation says to be esteemed is better than silver and gold. Another way, you, another verse talks about grace, loving and grace. <clears throat> so how about this? To be loved is better than money. Amen. You, know, there are, there, you know, there are some things that are more valuable than money. Uh, how many of you know you can't buy love with money? You can try. It doesn't work. But there are some things that are more valuable. And so as, just as, I, was, as I was reading this, I thought, you know, but here's the, here's the beautiful thing. This is not either or. In other words, it's not like, okay, either I choose to have a lot of money or I choose to have a good reputation. You can actually have both. See, money won't ruin your reputation. And, uh, and not having it won't ruin your reputation. Right? So, as I was reading through Proverbs, I was amazed. You know, sometimes people get nervous when we talk about money in church, but it's, uh, Proverbs talks about it a lot. In this proverb for today, the 22nd, there's like five verses that talk about money and riches and stuff. It says, the rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. It's one of those things you go, Hmm. Then it says, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So if riches were bad, the Lord wouldn't tell you how to get them. Right? And so it didn't say, if you want a good reputation, you better give up that filthy lucre. You better give that money up. It's going to make you bad. Money is neutral. It's neutral. You can fund missions with it. You can buy drugs with it. It's neutral. And if we have it, we have more options. And so you know, don't get nervous. Some people have been raised, you know, you can't serve the Lord and have money. And then some people think if you, if you serve the Lord, you're going to have money. Uh, we get a lot of kind of a lot of jacked up ideas about money. But, you know, the idea is I believe God wants us to have abundance, but he wants us to be generous. He wants us to sow. You do know it takes money to reach people in the kingdom of God. And, uh, you know, we're doing all these outreaches. You know, we fund all these outreaches. We don't ask the city to help us. We don't ask anybody to help us. But we fund it. And so as a church, as we give, it's just one of our ways of giving back into, you know, being generous helps us as a church reach into the community because it gives us a good name. You know, a lot of people, we're known for having a good name in the community. Someone said, yeah, I heard they'll let anybody come there. <laughs> That's kind of the idea, isn't it? It's, that anyone can come. But, but having a good name, you know, we have a good name not because we've got a nice building. We've got a nice building, but that's not why we have a good name. 
We have a good name not because we have great worship. We've got great worship. We have a good name not because we have good teaching and good preaching available. That's not what, you know what our reputation is in the community? We love the community and we do things for the community. That's what builds our name. And so that's just, that's a way to do it. So I just always, I just like that. All these verses, you know, verse nine says, he who has a generous eye will be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor. So if you look for it, just go through the Proverbs sometime and look for verses that talk about riches and poverty and being generous and giving. You'll be surprised at how much is in there. But it's one of those things where you really need to look for it or you won't find it. You can kind of skip over it. So good stuff. Why don't we start something new tonight? Thank you. I'll take that as a yes. That was a rhetorical question, but thank you. We'll take it as a yes. This, we'll go with that. We're going to, um, I want to start a series on prayer. And so, don't get nervous. We're not going to call on you to pray. But I think we need to learn some things about prayer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our helper. And tonight, Father, we just open our hearts. We open our hearts to you, our minds to you. We thank you for what you're doing in this church. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. So, Father, thank you. Speak through me to bring words that bring help and strength. And, Father, may we leave here different than how we came in. We'll give you all the glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. When we talk about prayer, a lot of times people go, they get a little squeamish in the, in the church. Because it, it, I think we've made prayer way too much a, uh, what I call a win-lose proposition. It's kind of like you hear people say, well, you know, I tried that. And, it, you know, it didn't work. Or you asked for something and maybe you didn't get it. Or you prayed about something and, and something didn't happen. And so one of the challenges is sometimes when that happens is that people just give up on prayer. But there's a lot of different kinds of prayer. And we want to talk about some of the different kinds of prayer. We're going to look tonight at what Jesus said about prayer. But I don't, I don't want you to look at prayer as this, this, as this duty or this thing is either I can do it or I can't do it or some people are cut out for it and some people just can't. And some people, you know, they're, you hear the term prayer warriors. We're going to, we're going to look at all of it. You know, that, that, that phrase is not in the Bible. Uh, but here's the beautiful news. Everybody can pray. Everybody can pray. And, everybody, and everyone can develop. You know, some people have, have stayed with it and they've developed. But maybe you've given up on prayer. And uh, if you have, I, I want to encourage you to, uh, during this series, to, let's begin to, to, to pick it up again. Because really what we're talking about in prayer is we're talking about a connection with our Heavenly Father. We're talking about connecting with God. And not just any God. The creator of the heavens and the earth. A big God. A good God. So prayer is, is something actually that we should look forward to. I'm, I'm glad we're going to do this. I always learn when I, when I, when I teach. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. But we want to take a look at what Jesus said about prayer. He said some good things. Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray. Stop right there. Notice Jesus didn't say if you pray. He said when. When you pray. So he's assuming we're going to pray. You shall not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. 
But when you pray, go into your room. How many of you have a King James Bible? So what does it say there? Closet. I tried to pray in my closet one time. It was very uncomfortable. You don't, you don't have to pray in, in your closet. Um, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So let's talk a little bit about what Jesus said about prayer. Here's Jesus. How many of you know that Jesus probably was an expert on prayer? So he's got some good things to say about prayer. So he said this. He said, don't be like the hypocrites. Now the hypocrite was actually the word we used was, is the word for an actor. In, in this day, the actors would always wear masks. And they would wear masks to, to portray different, different characters and they would wear masks. But a hypocrite is, is someone who is acting, someone who is not genuine, someone who is not true. Now I know we live in a day where our actors and actresses are lauded and thought of as awesome and amazing and wonderful. But how many of you know just because you can act real good doesn't make you a good person? We, we should know that now, by, right, from, from Hollywood. And we're so amazed and we think, oh, they're just, they're just so amazing and they're so awesome. But you don't realize that after they have done that scene, a director goes, cut. Okay, let's take a five-minute break. And everyone goes back into being normal. And then they come back and they're acting. And we, we should know it's not real, Right? I think I found out that like Tom Cruise is what, five, six? Five, three? He's not five, three. Someone said, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is Tom Cruise five, three? Anybody? Five, six? They said five, six. He's not a big guy, but they make him look big. And they make him look like an action hero, and he's awesome and wonderful, and he's an actor. And Jesus said, when you pray, he said, don't be like the hypocrites. He said, they're not real. In other words, he said, what are they doing? They're acting spiritual, but their motive is to be seen of men. Motive determines reward. If your motive is to be seen by other people, and you, that you want people to be impressed by you when you pray, that's all the reward you get. If you pray this long, flowery prayers, how many of you have ever heard people pray and, you, and you're thinking to yourself, I wish they would stop. <laughs> it is just way too long and, it's a, it is, and you have a sense, it, it is a show. And Jesus said, we're not praying for show. He said, when you pray, he said, go into your room or go into your closet. Now he's talking here about private prayer and there should be times of private prayer. Should be times when you just go. I really did when I when I first came back to the Lord and I read that go into your closet. I, I was living in an apartment. I had one of those little bitty closets. Remember, remember how they used to build closets back in the 60s and 70s? They weren't big. They were tiny. And I, so I got in there to move the clothes aside and, and I got down on my knees because that's how you're supposed to pray. It's on your knees. If you don't pray on your knees, it doesn't count. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> if I just tipped over a sacred cow, I'm sorry. But uh, uh, you don't have to pray on your knees. Uh, it's for me, praying on my knees is very uncomfortable. I have a rocking chair that I pray in. That baby is comfortable. I like that. 
I had another chair I prayed in, but I would go to sleep in it too often. <laughs> so I got the rocking chair, but I'm on my knees in the closet. And I finally told the Lord, I said, I need to get out of this closet because I'm getting like claustrophobic. I got clothes all around me and everything. But I thought that's how you're supposed to pray. And it just said, go in your room, do it in private. There should be a lot of private prayer. In fact, prayer really is more private. You say, well, can we pray in public? Well, yes, you can pray in public. And there's group prayer. And they think it's good to pray over your meal. That's a, that's a, but spoiler alert. If you're going to pray over your meal with other people, please, for the love of the Lord, do not pray long. <laughs> My mother, who's in heaven now, was a world champion at long prayers. And we used to get a sermon over the blessing. We'd sit down, the food is hot. My mom would take a deep breath. When people take a deep breath, you know you're in for a long prayer. When they go, you're like, oh, here we go. Lord, you know, when we're not doing the things that we should be doing, things don't work out the way that they should. I'm looking around going, is this the food or is this, this is for Alan? No, this is, it's called a, it's called a, a sermon over God's shoulder. You're talking to God, but really you're talking to the person on the other side. If we don't obey, if we don't do the right thing, things don't work out. This has nothing to do with the food. So my dad, bless his heart, every time he prays, like, Father, bless the food, amen. <laughs> he did not like cold food. So seriously, when you're, when, you're, when you're praying over the food, I think it's good to pray over the food, but just, just don't make it long. Your, your private times of fellowship with the Lord should not be over lunch. In fact, a lot of times when I would go to lunch with people, I would always pray. Because people who want to impress the pastor pray over lunch. And they're like, Lord. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> there should be a private time of prayer. It's okay to pray in public, but Jesus is talking about a prayer, which is the communication with the Heavenly Father. And it's a, it's a connection with him. We're talking to someone. We're talking to God who can hear us. He's our Father. We're communicating. We're talking with him. And prayer is more than just in a time of desperation. I, you know, I, I think probably the most, <laughs> most praying that's done in our country is when we're driving down the highway and we see blue lights in the <laughs> rearview mirror. And then there's some serious praying going on. Oh, dear Lord, oh, dear Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord Jesus, help me, oh, help me, oh, help me. Oh, thank you, Lord, when they pass us by. The, if that's your prayer life, we need to talk, all right? Can we, can we change that? And that's that, that's that desperation prayer. And, and a lot of times, it's, it's a situation where when people, and, and I don't want, mean to make light of that, but when people hit desperate situations, that's the time they go to pray. But we too often made prayer an emergency thing instead of a communication thing. And so if we think about it, if you've got a good relationship with someone, there's good communication with them. You know, I, I don't have, you know, Joy and I talk a lot. And now that we're empty nesters, we talk a lot more than we used to. And so we have times together where we talk and there's, it, it's, it's not regimented. It's like, okay, I'm going to talk to you now. <laughs> it's, it's a communication. It's, it's a love thing. I love her. She loves me. And, and we communicate. We love our Heavenly Father. He loves us. And so we're communicating with Him. We're talking to Him. You don't have to use, and by the way, you don't have to use big words. And you don't have to use another voice. 
the Lord knows how you talk. You, you've heard some people and they're talking to you like this, but when they pray, they're like, God, we thank thee for thy amazing bounty. And I'm sure the Lord's like, that ain't how you talk. So normal voice, you don't have to use King James English. You, you can, he understands Texan, he understands New York, he understands even people from California, he understands. <laughs> I knew you would appreciate that. So, just, so here's the thing. We're not, it's a private time, it's a time of prayer. But there are rewards that come. And there, he said he'll reward you openly, but I, I just, I'll tell you one thing, sometimes some of the most peaceful times in my life have been just in time, so I'm just talking to my Heavenly Father in prayer. And it's a good thing. I said, well, you're, you're supposed to, you're a pastor. Before I was a pastor. It's available to anyone. It's like saying, well, some children can talk to their father and some children can't. No, no, no. He's our father, we can talk. So Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't do it for other people. This is private. This is mostly private. No, we're talking about other kinds. There's, you know, there's, here's the deal, guys. There's a lot of different kinds of prayer. It, you know, sometimes people pray, they, everything they want to pray is, Lord, if it be thy will. That is one type of prayer. It's not the only type of prayer. There's the prayer to receive. There's a prayer of praise and worship. There's, we'll talk about what Jesus said uh, about prayer in, in the Lord's Prayer. So there's a lot of different kinds of prayer. We don't, we don't have to get caught up in, 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 the, in the rules or treating all kinds of prayer alike. It, there's different, different kinds of prayer. So it's, we talked about private prayer. Then Jesus said, don't be like the heathen. Now the heathen are those without a relationship with God. I don't suggest, this is Jesus talking and, he, and he's making a distinction. I don't suggest that you refer to people who don't know the Lord as heathen. I just, I don't think it's kind. It's probably just not a, a good way to go. But the heathen of that day repeated words and phrases. They repeated things over and over again. He said, because they think they're going to be heard for their much speaking. Jesus said, don't do that. I think one of the best examples of that is Elijah on Mount Carmel had a showdown. He had like seven, 800 prophets of Baal. And they remember they had, the, they had a, a, pretty much a showdown. The prophets of Baal had a bull on an altar and they would call on Baal. And Elijah had a bull on an altar. He would call on God. The God who answered by fire was the true God. And so... Elijah looked at the prophets of Baal and said, well, there's 800 of you guys, go first. And so here's, here's what they did. They took the bull which they was given them, they prepared it, and they called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, oh, Baal, hear us, over and over again. Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, no one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they had made. And so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, cry aloud for him. He's a God. Either he's meditating King James talks about he's in the bathroom. <laughs> King James that wasn't playing. Um, or he's busy, or he's on a journey. Perhaps he's sleeping, must be awakened, so he's, he's talking trash. So they cried aloud and cut themselves as their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out. And then when midday was passed, they prophesied until the time of the, of the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention because he was not a real God. But they would, they would do all these histronics, all these things, and they would repeat. Now you say, well, we don't do all of that. Yeah, I understand. 
But some people have phrases that they'll just repeat over and over and over again. But one minister told me, he said he was, he was praying with a pastor in an area and the pastor was having a hard time with his church. And he, would, he was praying. He said, Lord, move. He said, some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Lord, move some way, somehow. Some way, somehow, Lord, move some way, somehow, some ways. He said he would go on like that for 30 minutes. But that's not going to move the Lord. Here's the thought. We're not going to wear God down. Now, I know some of you growing up could wear your parents down. Mama, please, mama, please, please, mama, mama, please, mama, please, mama, please, mama, please, please, mama, please, mama, please. Okay. And you thought, that works. Don't try that with God. But you've seen people do that. Please, God, my God. Oh, please, God. Please, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. God, God, God. Oh, God, 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 God. Oh, God, God, God. I'm sure the Lord's going, what? I'm right here. But we get in these phrases or we've, we've built up things based on tradition and they're not helping us. And so Jesus said, don't, don't, don't do that. A lot of show, a lot of drama. What, what does get us heard? Simple faith. Simple faith. And going to God on the basis of his word. Look what it says here in 1 John. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, in God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, one of the keys is beginning to go to God on the basis of what he's already said in his word. That is his will. How many of you know that, that if you sin, mess up, that it's the will of God to forgive you? His, his will. And so when you pray... 1 John 1, 9 said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when we pray, we don't have to pray and go, oh God, please God, forgive me. Oh, forgive me, God. Forgive me. Forgive me. I messed up. Forgive me. Forgive me. Now you may feel that way, but you don't have to beg God into forgiving you if you already know it's his will to do it. Does that make sense? And so instead of just how many of you know it's his will? I'm going to tell you something. You want to find out what his will is in his word. I found out when Joy and I, when Joy was so sick 30 years ago, we believed it was God's will for her to be well and to be healed. And so our prayers weren't, God, if, heal her if it's your will. It's, Lord, we know what your will is. Thank you for healing Joy. And, and we received that when my voice went. I wasn't wondering whether it was the will of God. I knew that me being an effective pastor, it would require me being able to speak. So it wasn't, I, I can't do sign language. I'm not good. This group can do it. They're good at it. I'm not. And you're not good at receiving it. So I needed my voice. So I wasn't praying, God, what is it? Do you will? I'm saying, Lord, thank you. I know what your will is in this, and your will is that I'm well and strong. So when we know what his will is, we, go, we know what his will is from his word. Is it his will that you have strength? Is it his will that you have wisdom? Is it his will that you have answers? If you know his will, then when you're praying, you can have a confidence. You're, you're going with something he's already promised. Have you ever had someone do that? I, I, I used to talk about this, but I think it bears repeating. Uh, growing up, I was a teenager in the 70s. I know, I know it was a long time ago. But bear with me just for a second. 
in the 70s. If you wanted to go out with a girl, you actually had to ask her, <laughs> either in person or on the phone. I, I realize I'm, do y'all need to Google that? I realize I'm talking to a, <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? You had to, the boys, the guys had to ask. Girls could not ask. Guys had to ask. I have thoughts about that. I'm just going to keep them to myself. But um, I had to ask. And uh, a lot of times I would, I would call. Phones were not cell phones. This was, someone pick up the phone, usually the father. And I'm like, hello. I mean, hello. <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> it's like, it was nerve wracking. And then getting past the father, getting to the girl, and then asking them out on the date. You ran the, you ran the risk of being rejected. Is that bringing back? It's just triggering people. Like, I remember this. I remember being rejected. This is not fun. It was not fun being rejected. But there was a different kind of phone call. There was a phone call where I did pre-approach sales. I did research ahead of time and found out that the girl I was interested in was interested in me. She actually wanted to go out with me. That's a different call. And that's instead of like, hello, I mean, would you maybe like to go out sometime? No, that's a, di hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> it's a different call. If you know there's a willingness there, you got all the confidence in the world. You know, hey, I'm walking into this. If you know God already wants to do something, you're not begging God. You're like, Heavenly Father, I'm coming because I know what your will is for me and this is something you want me to have. It's a different, it's a totally different thing. This is the confidence we have in Him. And so as we talk about that, it's simple faith. And here's, here's another thing. We'll, we'll shoot this one down. You do not have to bombard the gates of heaven. Anyone, is anyone, if you raised in church, how many of you have heard, we're going to bombard the gates of heaven? Some of you, especially if you've got a Pentecostal background, we're like, well, we're going to bump, man, we're going to get in here, we're going to pray, we're going to bomb the gates, baby, we're going after this. This is, I got a verse for you, all of you who've been gate bombers. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find, obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You got people out there bombing the gates when the gates are already open. You don't need to, you don't need to bomb the gates. You need to come boldly into the throne. You belong there. And if you know you belong there, you don't, again, you're not going to wear God down. And I don't think you're going to do a good job of bombing heaven's gates. <laughs> heaven's gates are probably, um, probably have strong defenses against your bombs. They're not going to work. It's, it's, a, it's a terminology we developed over the years that says we're just going to have to, man, we're just going to have to. There is persevering in prayer. There are things we persevere. But you're not bombing the gates. You're coming boldly to the throne of grace because you belong there. You know, over the, over the years with, with our kids, I can remember our, my children walk in the house. They still do. Just walk in the house, you know. They'll knock and walk. Come in. The, the knock is to let you know I'm coming in. My grandkids come in. They come in because they belong there. Now, if you came to my house, I would expect you to knock and wait. <laughs> but my children are, are a different story, right? Your children, your children, they come back. They go to your pantry. They wipe it out. <laughs> Not mentioning anyone. 
It's like locusts have moved through my pantry. But, but family can do that. And there's, there's an openness. We're God's family. And so again, you're welcome there. See, a lot of you feel like you're not welcome. You feel like, maybe I, yeah, I'm, I'm not such a good Christian. I don't think God really wants to hear from me. Maybe you had parents who were very disappointed in you and they expressed that disappointment. And you've taken that and moved that over to God. This is where we have to go to him on the basis of his word, not on the basis of our history. And not on the basis of maybe how our parents were. Very, very easy to project what our parents have done onto the Heavenly Father. But he's actually good. And he's good to us. And the gates are open. And we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And he's not going to look at you and go, well, here you come. <laughs> what is it this time? That's not God. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the heathen. So how do we pray? Jesus gave us a pattern of prayer. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. We'll introduce it tonight. We'll go into it next week. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know this one? Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus said, in this manner, pray. Now here's some things we, we can talk about the Lord's Prayer. This, is, uh, this prayer can be prayed word for word. Um, it's, it's God's word. It's powerful. Uh, Dr. Mark Rutland, who comes every year, talked about when he went through one of the darkest moments of his life, when he was just under so much pressure and so much oppression. And uh, he just said he just felt like he was just on the edge of darkness. He said, and he could just hear the voice of the, of the enemy whispering in his ear, you don't have a prayer. And he said he also heard the voice of the Holy Spirit go, yes, you do. And he began to take this prayer and he just began to pray it. He said sometimes he would just pray it <clears throat> numerous times, excuse me, during the day. Over and over again, when he felt oppressed, when he felt like the, it, things were starting to cave in, he would begin to say that prayer. So can you pray that prayer word for word? Absolutely. You sure can. But there's another way to look at this prayer. And the way to look at this prayer is as a pattern for prayer. Because it won't take you very long to pray this one. I mean, if you pray it word for word, you can pray it. I think he calls it 23 seconds. But there's, if we look at it as a pattern of prayer, in other words, like a blueprint or a template for prayer, then it gives us a way to pray that this, it, it's, it's actually a, just a very good template and a good way to pray. So Jesus starts off with, our Father. He says, Our Father, this right is reserved for those who have received Jesus. Now we hear people talk about, well, God is the Father of everyone. Actually, He's the Creator of all mankind. He's the Father of those who have received or made Jesus their Lord. Look at John, first chapter. As many as received Him, Jesus, to them, He gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. People have taken offense over the years at the term born again. That's not a term that evangelicals created. It's actually a term that Jesus said. And he's talking about the spiritual rebirth that when someone makes Jesus their Lord, there is a change on the inside. 
and spiritually we are recreated, regenerated. The, uh, Paul, Peter talked about being born again of incorruptible seed. And so God's word, we hear it, we respond to it, and there's a change, thank God, that takes place on the inside. And we become new creations in Christ. I'm so glad I'm not the creation that I used to be. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. That's it. But here's one of the things that become new. Now we're the ones that have the right to call our Heavenly Father, Father. When Jesus began to talk about this, you have to understand to Jews who had a, 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 their image of God and their whole conception of God was of a fiery Old Testament God of judgment. And Jesus began to present something new, our Father in heaven. And, it's a, it's a, and it's, that's a family relationship. That's a whole different story. That makes prayer much more intimate. Paul talked about, he said, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And so there's a family of God. Now you know this as well as I do. There's a family of God. We're a family of God in here. You can get out, you can be in other places, you can go to other countries and you can see people and you go into maybe churches. And I've been in churches in other countries and, it's the, and you can sense it's family. They speak different languages there in different cultures, but it's one heavenly father and it's one family. Thank God there's a family here. We got a family in heaven, those who have gone before us and are there in heaven. It's one big family. When we get together at the end, when this is all wrapped up and Jesus comes and takes us out of this place and we get into heaven, it's going to be a big family time. It's a family meal. We're all going to be one family. It won't be segregated. It won't be, it won't be separated. It's just all going to be us and we're going to have one heavenly father and one Lord. And that's a wonderful thing. But the beautiful thing is we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to have fellowship and, to, and begin to come to know our Heavenly Father. Jesus said, this is life, that they may know you and, and the Son whom you've sent. This is life. So prayer, I want to stir you up. I, I want us to pray. Listen, if you need something to pray about, let's ask God to help us with Easter. Easter is when we'll have more people coming in than we do any other weekend of the year. And so if you can help us pray for Easter, let's pray that God will begin to draw people, people who are away from him, people who need to come in. Uh, we have invitation cards in the back. Invite somebody. The cards, if you haven't seen them, are like super cool. And you can hand some, and they're not going to go, yee. They're going to go, wow, that is cool. You invite them and say, love to have you come. Got an Easter egg hunt for your kids. Say, why are you doing Easter egg hunt? Because people will do things for their kids that they won't do for themselves. And they'll come just because there's an Easter egg hunt for their kids. But it's during service. You say, that's bait. That's right. <laughs> that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to do everything we can to help people come in. Why? Because we feel like Jesus Christ is the most important decision anyone will ever make on this earth. And so we want to give them an opportunity to do that. Will you bow your heads with me? If you came this evening... Or maybe you're watching online. You say, you know what? I don't, I don't know that I can call God Father. I don't know that I've ever made him the Lord and Sa Jesus, the Lord and Savior of my life. I don't know that I'm in the family or I'm just not sure. But I want to be sure. We're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have you stand up or come down to the front. This is not something where we're trying to highlight you, but it's something to give you an opportunity. Maybe you could say, you know what? At one time, I, I, I know I was close to God and I've gotten so far away from him. Will he take me back? The answer is a resounding yes. 
So we're going to say a prayer. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but I'm going to ask you this. If that's you that I'm talking to and you won't end on this prayer, would you slip your hand up real quickly across this auditorium? Thank you. Thanks for your courage. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to, but you can pray this prayer. We're going to pray it with you as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who've come in for the very first time and for those who've come back home. Father, we rejoice. Heaven rejoices. We rejoice with them as well. Thank you for the good plans that you have for them. And Father, for all of us, thank you. Help us. Teach us to pray. Teach us to have a greater connection with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.